Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Art and Labor, um, the podcast for uh, art workers. And, you know, really, what's what's the label? It can be for all workers, um, just no bourgeois zeal. <laughs> what's an art? What's a work? <laughs> um, if you're if you're the bourgeoisie, turn this off. Turn if you're the FBI <laughs> surveilling this podcast, you do not have permission to listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, you're like vampires; they have to be invited in. I'm not inviting you. <laughs> or it's like the Facebook post that you can copy and paste. Yeah, it's like, do not steal my... Yeah, I I am hereby no longer consenting to using my photos. Fucking, I'm so paranoid because Zancaster that we record with, like, got, like, the big makeover, and now it looks like Zoom, or it looks like the Hillary Clinton one, and and they offer transcription, and I know what that means. (laughs) I know what that means. (laughs) <laughs> I know what that's code for. It means they're emailing it straight to um I do not consent for Zencaster <laughs> to transcribe my um okay. Uh we're all I'm gonna I'm gonna just introduce our special guest right at the top. We're joined by Nick, who um listeners might might remember from the amazing constructing the real session about uh uh, RuPaul's Drag Race and Imperialism. Um, Nick, what was the title of that again? Uh, I was trying to cite it earlier. It was like the really annoying using or multiple times. It, it was, was called yeah. RuPaul's Drag Race made the best ideology win or <laughs> off with her wig or something else. I don't remember. But it's so good. It's, well, it's, thank you. It's, it's, and it's, I, I really appreciate um, you kind of allowing me to ask myself to be on um, because, uh, you know, as is always the case, the conversation about nonprofits and the arts world. And I literally messaged you. Okay. And I was like, let me on. I Eric Andre in through the fence, I <laughs> fences of art and labor and said, let me in because this yeah. is a podcast that you have locked down so tight. Yeah, people should know like we're like in over our heads and have no time and if you have an idea for an episode then we'll pay you to do it but you know like because actually uh, a little bit like that gif of like the pomeranian at a doggy door doggy gate and then it just kind of walks through (laughs) like (laughs) yeah 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 it's just like pepito you're home come through it's okay (laughs) Um, and like you know we're at this place where we are really busy we are we have um jobs that are are paying an all right like not great amount the patreon still helps like significantly with you know running this show but part of running that show is like um we do we do have like a little bit of money to throw around if you have an idea for an episode um then hit us up sure you could pitch us like you'd pitch any place um but uh, but yeah so i i Right. And I would say that you, you've obviously been talking about nonprofits a lot as always, right? Between, um, I was telling a friend about, you know, like even like the quote unquote early days of art and labor of like the on the ground reporting of the protests <laughs> during gala events. Um, yeah. And though if you search art and labor podcast.com, only like two episodes come up. If you search for the word nonprofit, like obviously if you're talking about the art world, 
nonprofits play a really huge, important part in it. Yeah, basically and, all the museums are also yeah. nonprofits. And, um, uh, you know, even a couple episodes ago, you had made a mention of like awareness as a liberal project. And just like, I don't know, that like hit me so hard in the gut in regards to. Um, so for people who don't know, I'm, I don't, I'll be mostly open, but I live in the Midwest. Um, I am a, I just started a new job in fundraising for an arts organization. Um, but because I'm fairly new to my job, also being like somewhat guarded about like pseudo anonymous identity only because the role in which my job is, which is to raise money from people who have money to support causes, which don't have money and the tension that we'll talk more about. Definitely. Yeah. And I'm also coming at it from a, I'm, I got a nonprofit job for kind of the first time I've, I've done volunteer stuff for nonprofits in the past, but, um, I'm slowly leaving it. So I feel more at liberty to talk about it. I've definitely like people who have li- listened to the podcast closely know, probably know where I work because um, <laughs> I've made like heavy allusions to it. But um, and some people even at my job know I do this podcast and um, could have have maybe picked it, picked it up or whatever. And um, no, no, I'm an insane Marxist. Like every people at my job know I'm an insane like like they, I, I don't like really hide my shit right. um that much like i'm i'm a little more guarded and obviously like it's politics so you you know you can't but you know my this my my personal podcast is I- extremely separate from <laughs> from my job for the most part but um yeah uh i i work in lgbt elder care which there's only one so <laughs> like you can't like there's <laughs> You know which one it is. There, there is oh. mostly only one. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I guess that's I where just, I'm going from there too. Yeah, of course. Um, I don't know. Sarah, but, yeah, do people, you have do you have any strong feelings or to set the groundwork to your relationship with nonprofits? Well, so I've never worked. I guess like I'm working for the state right now, which is. Uh, so like, but my understanding of nonprofits is that it's a total misnomer. Um, it's absolutely something that has to generate a profit because it exists it, like any other business. Um, okay, wait, before but, we like, I also don't really, like I, yeah, yeah. it's, it's like, I've, I've got a lot of little, I'm very excited about, I've been very excited about this episode because it's like, I have been using the term <laughs> nonprofit industrial complex for, you know, whatever, 15 years or something. And not mm-hmm. because I've never worked at one, because I've never been closely associated with one. I've always been in places that were like very like, we are a business, therefore we're going to treat you like shit. And so like, I've gotten some of the same lines about like, in, in the context of like, we're doing this because like we're artisans and we're artists and stuff, but it hasn't been totally weaponized in the way that I think it does in nonprofits of like, you know, you, you should be taking a, a moral, like, like somehow 
Well, first of all, it's just assuming you have gained a moral high ground by working for it. And then also that should uh, have a monetary value to you, which means that you're not going to get paid it. Anyway, so that's my like. (laughs) I was going to say before we we would like define terms, I'm going to do the two really quick plugs I forgot to do, which is please come to the Nowadays show. It's a week from today. So it's on the 9th of November um, and people have already RSVP'd. But yeah, you can RSVP, but it's also, you know, it's nowadays, so there's plenty of space um, to roll in to nowadays the fucking venue that I used to live next to for seven years that has now got a huge PR firm doing insane parties uh, advertising for it. And uh, I have a lot of, I'll have a lot of critical things to say about nowadays at the panel. Uh, but, Come get heckled uh, by okay. I'm going to heckle. Yeah. I, I'm friends with a bunch of people who work there. So I, the, the people who are actually work, doing the bar and doing stuff, uh, they know my shit. But um, so nowadays show with Penny Fractions, fifth anniversary. Love you, David. Shout out to David for putting this event together. We love you so much. Um, and then another announcement. Uh, we're doing an AMV festival with the... Um, stuck inside watching shit stream uh discord um and they reached out to us to kind of help because of my history with amvs uh so archival work any of the amv heads want to join the amv festival we're making amvs all november and then we'll have a little streaming festival in early december uh so come make an amv uh Okay, so now back to nonprofits. How, like, yeah, well, it's like, I guess we can we can try to like de- define our terms, like, I, but you know, it because at a certain point, it's like, yeah, you work for uh, an art institution, you work for an educational institution. Sometimes they're a nonprofit, sometimes they're a for profit. Mm-hmm. Like, but how much does that actually matter? Really, it's just the tax how it's 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 put into the tax code, and. Um, nonprofits kind of have technically kind of have like there's different types of nonprofits too, but technically they have like less like liberties of what they're allowed to promote. Um, They're supposed to be nonpartisan for example, which it's like how nonpartisan can you be if you're doing LGBTQ rights issues and there's really only one party that, acknowledges their existence acknowledges that trans people are i mean there's gay republicans for sure and there's some gay trans people or like some gay gay there's some republican trans people but no well i i guess like not to like get too heady into like you know the U.S. tax code defines a nonprofit it. as, but <laughs> I guess, like, you know, specifically talking about art and labor, like, the thing that's most fascinating is that, right, most nonprofits that are arts organizations are classified as 501c3s, mm-hmm. um, right? Other numbers like 501c4, 501c6, like, have different things like it's a membership organization or it's a you know like um political you know like a an entity that can in fact lobby that can do lobby yeah um 
But like what's so fascinating about a 501c3 is that um, and I am like going to just like art is not classified as being like a reason to be a 501c3. It's religious, charitable, scientific, literary or educational purposes. And so like when you're talking about most arts entities museums you know theaters all of these things you get like really weird in regards to like we do education yeah. because that's they part have the of, education like, floor. yeah right that's because, why you have like, the education floor on like and, most museums yeah and right and like so the other things right like one that's always so funny is like to foster a national or international amateur sports competition <laughs> or like right and like there's always like those like you know a couple years ago like especially around like the protests of colin kaepernick and then like the renaming of the washington football team i know they have a new name now that i don't remember but right like it's like the nfl's a non-profit like right like and it's like well they do right. fall with under the 501c tax so code because they're one of the 29 types of nonprofits that exist. And then everyone's like, how is this possible? And it's like, well, because our tax code is, you know, what it is. And the same way that the NFL is a nonprofit, arts museums are a nonprofit. And you get into, you know, museums <laughs> being used to like, I don't know, like leverage the importance of art collections. It's actually what's going on with all the tomato soup stuff is that it's actually a, a sports competition and they're getting a huge <laughs> tax write off to um, do the best bit and do the, do the best um, soup can at the, the, best the, throw. the best throw. I threw yeah. the soup yeah. can the best. <laughs> and, and, and it's also about form. It's like a figure skating thing where like how you glue your hand or how you glue your head, Ooh. you get extra points. I mean, those are the best <laughs> and gayest sports competitions, which is a hundred percent judged. Right. <laughs> So fuck, fuck normal sports but like if there's a judge that's telling you that you didn't position your body correctly the people get so mad too like because like there's um there's still so much stuff with figure skating that it's like really the eye of the beholder mm -hmm. and like it, 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 there's a lot of like um style kind of points that it's just like fuck you you're just against the japanese skater because it's like you're bought by the russians you know well but then <laughs> it's like this because it's the same thing in gymnastics where like then there's some tension with like old heads being like these sports used to be about elegance and, and but then you have people doing like quadruple double flips and you're like, oh, but they are so crass and how no, and they we're not getting too off track here because like a lot of it is like a lot of these like thing like sports and art and like whatever, mm -hmm. like they contribute to like a kind of nationalist project. And so then becomes this thing where it's like, well, football is our sport, it's American, and we made all the rules and like we promote it and like, you know, and we really don't promote football, like the real football or soccer uh, in the same <laughs> way because it's not our sport and it's all these other people's sports. Right. I, well, I've somehow missed. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's a fucking insane. The NFL is a nonprofit. Yeah, it doesn't I, make any you know, sense. Yeah. Like, no, it, <laughs> it is. But like, right? Because it's like the entity that is the NFL is mm. itself a membership org that manages the competition between oh my God. 
right? Like, yeah, literally insane. And so, like, you know, like, when you're talking, like, right, the idea of the national project and identity, I think the reason that nonprofits are so interesting is obviously they're given that status through the federal tax code. But besides really major entities, like, obviously, most of the museums in New York City, um, public museums in Washington, D.C., L.A., you know, major centers, art really is a regional or local form, right? And the organizations are trying to speak to regional or local issues. And it's only when you're visiting, um, you know, the Metropolitan Museum of Art that's like, no, we're literally showing the most important artists in the world because we are in New York city and we're the biggest museum. I mean, even within New York city they're like, they try to do all this like participatory budgeting thing and like, um, like reallocation of like arts fundings to smaller arts organizations within the five boroughs, not just Manhattan, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like there's like these efforts to try to, to try to do that with these like smaller, much, much smaller, non like localized nonprofits. But yeah, <laughs> it's like, you know, at a certain point it's uh, if, you know, if your lawyer is good enough, then you get the big bucks and show the big stuff and you just get absorbed in, into the, the, like, you know, like the Queens museum could like it, 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 it's in this weird like flux place where it, it was heavily being utilized by the community um for all these different things especially during covid like it was like a big like someone's artist project like was like a mutual aid group basically and like there there is this like they get funding to show local queens artists on the one hand but then on the other hand it does like it it does kind of end up um like that stuff isn't allowed to like last really like I don't know <laughs> when it gets too big or something. <laughs> um, and, but, and I guess yeah. like, you know, like a, a, as a small history lesson, like, so I have some familiarity with regional theater and regional theater basically exists in America because in December, 1961, the Ford foundation decided to, grant nine million dollars to resident theaters across um america and so like you had entities that existed like obviously like you had cleveland playhouse you know the the guthrie was existing milwaukee repertory theater you had major play like resident or like regional theaters across america that were serving regional areas and then the ford foundation like was like we are going to be the entity that is like going to like bolster this as like art regionally and like not that that's like inherently bad right i mean there's the whole history of the ford foundation basically kind of being like a tax shelter for like the the family right like the mother but then also like the kids Mm -hmm. um and things like that but you know like fundamentally it's not necessarily that it's a bad thing but it's just like there is always an inherent tension of art being like an outlet for like quote unquote like it's a good cause to support as Mm -hmm. opposed to like 
paying more taxes or social services or things of that nature that like, you know, like address the fact that there is, you know, like major wealth disparities in America. You know who wrote a great thing on the Ford Foundation was Lucia Love. (laughs) Lucia Love thing on the Ford Foundation. In the very early episodes of this podcast, um, we talk about the Ford Foundation a little more. Um, And like, yeah, exactly. Like exactly that. Like, you know, rich people, like at a certain point when you get that rich then you have to like make these tax shelters and then you can have your little projects. You can make your own fucking museum and invite all of your big deputants to the museum and have your sex trafficking rings run out of like the, uh, you know, art institutions and through the museums and, you know, it's a, it's a functional material thing for you. Um, but you know, uh, you get to, you know, write it off in this way and, and pretend like you're, you're just, you know, a regular ass all, all of his wealth, like the Patagonia guy. The, like, uh, yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. Wait, say again, you're cutting out a bit. Oh, sorry. Um, no, I was just saying that's that we're kind of in the process of watching that get set up by the Patagonia, uh, owner or, um, that uh, now it's, it's, he's going to get, he is getting like a million write-ups. That's like this billionaire is doing what they should all be doing. Yeah. He's giving it away. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, go Totally. Well, and, and, and right. And like fundamentally, like the nonprofit as we understand it, like, you know, or if you're talking at like an international scale, like as an NGO, like that they are in fact political entities, right? Like we, like as employees, right? Like nonpartisan by nature, just the other day we noticed that someone had left a, um, like a little mailer that they had gotten about voting in the upcoming midterm. And it did in fact reference a political party. And it's like, well, we have to throw that in the recycling bin because, you know, like, our tax deduct you know like our nonprofit, like no tax status yeah. is reliant on us not taking political stances and the ways in which you know like yes like art is you know like for the most part art as it's perceived in the art world whatever that is like is progressive in nature is challenging of you know, like the status quo and is like pushing to be more inclusive, to be all these things. Mm -hmm. And therefore inherently like is coming from a more like liberal, like realm of supporters. But at the same time, it's like, as you were saying, okay, like, yeah, like how apolitical can an organization that houses LGBT elders be? (laughs) Like, fundamentally, it can't. Like, the mere existence of these people is a miracle for not having, you know, been eradicated by AIDS or, you know, any of a million other reasons in which, you know, older people, especially queer people, like, aren't taken care for. And that their mere existence is a, you know, is political resistance. Well, and then what bothers me is the political 
workings of how the org is run itself and the way these orgs respond to criticism um, is like, and it's not just nonprofits. It does, it, it does the same shit that like the corporate world does when, when criticism is lobbied at them. Um, and it, and it's like, it, it's this thing where they go into like div- diversity, equity, inclusion, uh, uh, white fragility, you know, like the, these types of mechanisms that like they can be like, look, we hired somebody to do diversity. And so we're working on it. So you can't criticize us. We have this one person in the org. We hired doing, consultants. Like, we hired a, we hired a, you know, trans consulting group, gave them shitload of money to like make an art project so you know it's it's show and then you show it on social media show it on your website and um it shows that you're doing something and it's um and that's the liberalization part like if we're going if we're talking liberalization is in like um privatization um and uh like this thing that should be a public discussion this should be a um you know not not just like relegated to a private entity or a private or an individual employee um, to do Uh, this should be a collective conversation, especially if we claim to be serving the public. Um, So, and, and, you know, even if that public is just like the LGBTQ public, that's still like, you know, the, the constituents who use, utilize the services, deserve more of a voice than, than they have the like, you know, every, like, instead of like relegating it to a couple of like different um, employees or, and then, or then like these like corporate structures of like, we're doing these like different types of corporate structures, or we're going to like, you know, we're going to separate out into different, um, different little orgs, instead of being one big org or something like, I think that like, yeah, it's not like nothing. Like it isn't nothing. I, 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 I think that, that, that does do some stuff, but I think what would do a lot more is if it, if it didn't have any of, of the, uh, strings attached or like, or it, or if it functioned more like a member organization or something like yeah well and i guess like this is like right the the most difficult like i won't say necessarily insidious thing but about nonprofits, and obviously you've seen a lot of it in new york but like the way in which nonprofits are structured right is that they have a board right that is the entity that is responsible for steering the ship and then is like the boss of the CEO executive director, the main leadership who then manages everyone down to the, you know, the box office attendant, the, you know, the custodial staff, whoever. And the, the thing that's so difficult about that is that boards fundamentally, you know, like there, there's a lot of reasons for people to, be desired to have as a board member but the first and foremost obviously is some amount of either political or 
like political like either personal or like with professional like power or position right. of privilege in addition right. to finances to give um one thing that was really popular and continues to be so in the nonprofit world is the idea of like a give get policy so generally like there's an a thing that's existed in nonprofits that's like each board member is required to give X amount of dollars. But if you say that, obviously that precludes a certain class of people unable to financially give a thousand, two thousand, three, you know, like all the way up. So the idea of like you either give it or you like you're able to get it. And so like you have the ability to then like solicit that amount of money or things like that Mm -hmm. and that's kind of obviously like not unsurprisingly like gone out of vogue a little bit but there was a discussion maybe like a decade ago about like you know like how are we dealing with diversity in our boards because um as it's like known as a legitimate like self-deprecating joke boards are like um still pale and male right they're older than the american population they're whiter than the american population and they're more male than the american population by like huge percentages and even you know even at the org i work at which like has like done that thing of having like a big diverse board there's still like you click the profiles of each board member and you read the bios and like every (laughs) single one of them is like my house in New York and Miami and California, you know, like, you know, split my time between like, like, like these, like three different, like it's, it, it's clear you own three homes, you own three homes and there's nobody, nobody on that board who makes less than, you know, uh, $500,000 or owns right. that much in assets like every year, you know, um, you're, you're never going to have a, a diversity of class on a board, even if you have a diversity of like type of person, well, uh, and, type of rich person. And, and right. And the idea of like, you know, as, as inspiring in some ways as it's been like, as a Midwesterner to watch, like, um, you know, East Coast, like museum workers and things of that nature, like mm-hmm. um, unionize, start to like challenge board leadership, you know, like the idea of obviously, you a know, worker on the, a board. Well, yeah, like right, the, the joy yeah. of like the Sackler name, or right, like we have right. the, we have the tear gas board member, right, or like whatever, right. like fundamentally, like as much as that is like a true victory that people worked really hard for it fundamentally is only symbolic because like every single person that is like a potential replacement for those people, like guess what? Like if you have enough money to like have a wing named after you, like you probably have done horrible things and have treated people in not great ways. Like we're all right? going to be that, bad, maybe. Yeah. And that doesn't, and yeah. And that doesn't mean that like the people's heart isn't in the right place or that, you know, any of those things, but it does, it does like those victories are like so small 
And that is, again, to diminish, like, people that are listening to this that, like, I know, like, have struggled really hard in their workplace or against boards. But, like, fundamentally, like, how big is the board at the Met? They probably have 80 people on the board. Removing one bad person, there's still 70, it's a 79-person entity that is not turning over. And that those decisions are... They were like the board fundamentally is like approving the budget and reviewing the executive's leadership. And that's like kind of it. And well, major but, fundraising. But yeah, I mean, I like with the Met specifically, though, they like were able to stall the renovation of the Islamic wing for like 10 years just because, like, because of Islamophobia, you know? Uh, and, and, because it was, I think it was slated to be finished around 2003, uh, or, or it had gone just anyway, uh, gone. The no, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, and these are huge things. Like, you know, the Met is the biggest museum, like in in, like you know, at least the East Coast, if not the whole country, like. And yeah, but but and- but it's yeah, and it isn't, and again, it isn't to say that like those things weren't like that the victories that have been experienced aren't like hard fought but like Mm -hmm. to understand the model which is that a board of directors which can be whatever size the bylaws allow and require like manage the finances they're able to hire leadership and review leadership's performance Mm -hmm. and like when you get to a certain size the board isn't like right if you work at the smallest nonprofit, like that is truly like recognized by the government like the board is doing work right the board are the ones sending emails to raise money the board are the ones you know like showing up at a big nonprofit, there's there's entire like you know, you have a development team, you have a marketing team and it's, and it's no, and it's no different than like, you know, like, uh, trying to complain about a, you know, like a publicly owned company. Right. Right. Well, there's a board of directors that hire the CEO of, you know, major corporation. And what is the, what is the judgment based on? Like how successful that CEO is at raising or like generating profit, right? For the shareholders. Yeah, for the shareholders. And, you know, like at the end of the day, boards are self-perpetuating entities and right boards recruit board members. And so, you know, you're dealing with social networks, you're dealing with, you know, like who knows who, um, you know, and all of those kinds of things. And at the end of the day, you're always going to run into this idea of, you know, like the people who have and, you know, like the, you know, like if you're talking about charity, like the people who don't and the people Mm -hmm. who need support as opposed to like how, you know, how popular like the concept of like, the phrase like philanthropy, right? Like the replacement of the word charity with philanthropy, oh right? Because charity is helping people who need it, where philanthropy is like a higher level cause. I, I mean, <sighs> and like, like these all have a kind of common history with um, just very fucked up ideas in the past about what charity was and especially like 
I think about like the workhouses of the Victorian era where, um, you know, people would be essentially kidnapped and, and forced into labor um, for like for their own good. Um, for charity. For charity. Yeah. Like we're not we're going to tell you how to make your lives better. And I mean, you know, that like we don't even have to get into then the way that that like well, that, yeah but that gets back to like the participation thing it's mm-hmm. like these like nonprofits are a way like you know the the proliferation of public private partnerships through the government is done through nonprofits it's done like mm-hmm. oh this is a vetted nonprofit that we're going to give this development to and then they're going to be, be housing providers for people who quote unquote need it. And it never ends like, or like uh, very rarely is do they do a good job. Well, like it's yeah. Very of, yeah. The, 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 yeah, the semi privatization of social services, right. Where like right. federal grant money goes to, as block grants to States States then distribute money to, again, right, vetted nonprofit entities that are then, you know, like carrying on and providing the services, as opposed right. to those being like true public projects, right? Like, and just right. like those degrees of separation, but also like complexity of like, yeah, guess what? Like, the federal government doesn't have a say over like, at the end of the day, like how that money is being spent at the point of service because they've like given the money who's the money, you know, the money has been given like down three, three steps down the stream. (coughs) Well, at every step, the money gets like more highly controlled on like what you're allowed to do with it. I feel like, um, or like personal discretion, like just as, as a small example, like, uh, I, I work in a, a university like wood shop and all the time like students are asking me like I don't have a car can I order can I pay you guys back since you guys ordered shit all the time right and it's like I'm literally not allowed to even touch money from uh from students yeah or or yeah and it's kind of bullshit because like <laughs> at one point like there was m- more agency to do that at that at that particular wood shop you know no no it actually it never was it just they just did it like they, they just did it yeah, yeah, it, yeah. like that you, if you just, if you feel like it's like even worse now well it's weird to like exist within these like systems yeah. where it's just like yeah you could just like do it and maybe no one will get mad at you exactly yeah that's how it <laughs> operated for a long time yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's no and, accountability yeah, yeah and like I I guess like one example that I feel like is like the most obvious as nonprofits being like a stopgap to mm. the tendency of the rate of profit to decline, right? Is the the nonprofits um the or like alt weeklies becoming nonprofits. Mm-hmm. If that's something that like, right, like, we're all aware of, I mean, it just happened in Chicago that the Chicago Reader just became a nonprofit. You have nonprofits in Milwaukee and Madison and, you know, the the Alt Weekly in Minneapolis didn't become a nonprofit and ad revenue dried up and then they mm-hmm. sh- shut down city pages, right? Like, it's a really popular model because as ad revenue has decreased, 
right? Like you need to make up the difference and how, how, you know, like, you know, obviously it's happening with newspapers, right? Media in general is consolidating everywhere. And what's the only way that like random all projects are going to survive, but like start soliciting dollars. And that isn't fundamentally bad, right? But like, it's a it's a more clear example, I feel like, than talking explicitly about like a museum, right? Because like the only way to like compare a museum or a theater is almost like across international borders. We're right. It's like, well, look at Germany puts a lot of money into like public money into art and culture. Mm-hmm. That isn't how America like functions. <laughs> and so it's harder and more nebulous to talk about. But with alt weeklies, it's like very clear and obvious. There were alt weeklies that existed that were small, you know, like focused in specific community, like urban communities and covered art and culture explicitly. Right. As an outlet to talk about this thing that we all care about to find out where the best concert is. Ooh, this restaurant just opened and their banh mi is really good. This bar is cool. Like, and as, as that's become more difficult to do because there's less revenue to be made via ads, like we can become a nonprofit and solicit money. Yeah. And I, and I appreciate you preferencing that like, um, uh, board, like the get you know we you know get this bad board member like protests like you know not diminishing that stuff because like i feel like i do have a kind of mea culpa mea culpa when we we did like an early episode about like uh whitney protests and like uh board member stuff and i was at some of those like town halls and like you know i i've been very adamant about being like this is not enough and like, I feel like to a degree where I was like, I think we need to paywall this one of these episodes because we're just like a little too mean. And <laughs> it's not like that's not going to help anybody to just be like super fucking like this isn't going to fucking work, guys. Like it's more like it's it's like I'm glad that this existed and was like so clearly um, illustrated in all of the major art publications and um you know this is like a moment in history we can look back on just like we can look back on gag just like we can look back on the art workers coalition just like you know we we've been through this already before and look we did it again and now we're coming up to the point where like people like sam lefevre are and and you know D- even david graber before he died we're asking these this question of like does this shit even need to exist like does like and um, I'm sorry because I know we want to do a more like nuts and bolts kind of episode, but like I've been in this mode where I'm just like, this all has to go. Like we have, we can't be fucking around. Like this all has to go. Well, so and, and, how do and, we th- and, theorize that? Well, and and right, and it doesn't need to be nuts and bolts, but that's like such an important point that I wanted to bring up as so like as someone who's worked in nonprofits who's existed in the world of like education around like what is the model how do we succeed how do we serve people like you know like there are people that have been questioning this right insights beyond the nonprofit industrial complex as like you know like yeah. mentioned earlier the phrase nonprofit industrial complex right like 
it has meaning but like never in my years of doing this work of being in this environment has anyone been like what if we read theory and it's not even like the question of like good or bad (laughs) theory right like this isn't Mm -hmm. like to say like lenin or marx good like you know like someone else bad but like there's never been a single conversation that's been like hey let's read about the political like people that have done like true political like thought around us being entity like political entities that exist in relationship to one another and in relationship to money and in relationship to power those conversations like never come up right and when i'm getting paid by the nonprofit, i'm not getting paid to make a powerpoint presentation about like here's what i think like like here's like some things that i think we should be reading and like because like even the 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 org i work for is like going through this strategic plan phase um where you know like every couple of months the like committee that is working on the strategic plan like does a little presentation like i have no way of accessing this process of and like and to talk about like well you know here's what i think and like uh, you know or like what do the constituents think or like how what are you know uh, there's not like a lot of avenues for like there's these like huge meetings but then it's like do you really want to be the asshole who's like you know everybody everybody just wants to get their fucking lunch break and you're gonna take over the meeting for 15 minutes to to debate something you know what i mean like there's not like a proper way of like really um challenging how decisions are made and how like things get allocated and you know i would i would love for it to be you know part of like and i'm even thinking about like the tenants union that i i've been like heavily like on and off heavily a part of like for the past seven years like even when we have like these big like discussion like like we're gonna have a retreat like we do the corporate retreat thing we do the you know we're like already like orienting ourselves as if we are a nonprofit because the the leadership of the org all works for nonprofits or works in in politics in some way and like that's who understands how to how to make these structures and how to create these structures and like you know my impulse is always like you know the the one or two people who are like in leadership who aren't from that background like let's just do what you want to do let's just like go like just like tell us how to lead the org because like we're just going to keep professionalizing it in in this Mm -hmm. way that like does it provides like the least amount of resistance or and like you know uh is like not wrestling anybody's like capacity or like i don't know um, well it like it it's it's like kind of water flowing down a mountain it's it's gonna go in the direction that's easiest um mm-hmm. in that case and so like or like the development of a, a culture of a nonprofit, which then i mean can I, you know whatever it's like base superstructure circular thing of um you you make something look like these kind of liberal busy boxes and then they become the liberal busy box and then if you if you if you rock the boat that's like people's jobs that's people's exactly, whole exactly. livelihood that's their families yeah. 
like, and, like well, and, 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 and right. And this is, and this is right. Like the, you know, again, like very loose pseudo anonymous nature of my appearance on this podcast right now is mm-hmm. like, I'm two months into a new job. Wow. Look at this is bad OPSEC. I'm providing more information <laughs> for you to like figure out who I am, you know, like say hi, we can have good conversation, but like, right. Like, I'm two weeks or two months into a job that I'm new at. We do not raise enough money to pay for my salary. I don't get health insurance through my employer right now. Mm. I'm on the marketplace and we don't raise enough money to pay my salary through annual individual donations. So like, right. Like my ability to communicate and to express political thought opinions about how we're navigating as an org how the ecosystem like the arts ecosystem that exists in the place in which i live is structured how we're meeting needs how we're making sure people are being fed being you know like meeting basic needs allowing artists to have careers in which they can express themselves and hopefully derive some portion of their income from their creative practice like is stifled in part due to me having a job where I will be interacting with people of a certain position that have dollars that will help pay myself, that will help increase the salary of a really hardworking coworker who deserves it, who will make sure that we continue to pay artists and have the space that we have and all those things. And that that fundamentally is the most, you know, like, truly insidious thing of this structure is that by conflating political interests with job um, and allowing people to have jobs that then get wrapped up in political interests, like you fundamentally are stripping people's ability to be fully vocal about what they feel and how they want to act on that. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. That's like, yeah, that, that really nails it because yeah, because like how much politics can I actually do? Like, and then like the, the budgets, like the grants that they get to do advocacy stuff, you know, have to be these very insipid, like just like kind of get out the vote shit or like, you know, phone bank about this fucked up thing that's happening in this state. Um, um, which like, works fine but i think like definitely works better within like a membership structure of a political party (laughs) like um and i don't like i basically i don't think that non-profits um should be yeah should be concerning themselves with politics at all i think if if anything they like there should be a, a wing of uh, an actual socialist party that is like well fun- like you know fun- funded by membership fees so you can do that structure um that could then like you know like within DSA for, there is like a you know queer socialists working group that should be getting like a shitload of money to be handling uh advocacy stuff and then if the nonprofits still need to exist then they should just literally be providing services directly 
and expanding those services and making more of them. Um, in those cases, and, it's like, why not just make it a public project? Exactly. Again. And then, it, and then at, at, a, at a point it's like, yeah. okay, yes, this should just be, this National. doesn't actually make sense to privatize National? either. And no. we, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It, 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 but of course, like, it it doesn't work like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and this is where like the criticisms that exist within the nonprofit sector are so fascinating. So like over the past handful of years, there's been a couple really popular things that have existed. So one in particular is a book called Decolonizing Wealth by Edgar Villanueva. Um, and he's worked at all of kind of like the large foundations that have existed. He worked at, and you know, this is me not being prepared enough, but like he's worked at like, um, the like Duke foundation, not like the college, but like the Duke family that like had all the tobacco money that like named the college kind of like levels of like, you know, like historic family wealth. And um, as, a, um, you know, like an indigenous um, person, like, has talked about, you know, this idea of, like, decolonization, you know, like, the whiteness that's, like, centric to nonprofits, things like that. And, like, as much as, like, you know, like, I've listened to him talk before, I bought the book from him, he signed it in the front, whatever. But, like, you know, like, now a few more years later older wiser right being like it isn't that the critique is wrong but like you know like this idea this intersection of race power and wealth obviously like is stopping short of like what really needs to happen and the idea that like yeah we're going to have communities like you know, like more community driven panels of how funding should be distributed. We're going to, you know, like those things. It's like, again, like, why is this money held in the hands of like private entities to begin with? That like is, you know, like an interesting question at the very least, right? And if it's like, if we're going to go so, if we're going to put so much effort into democratizing, how wealth is distributed why does it need to be you know wealth that's managed by a separate entity and not in the hands of the public like it literally doesn't make it doesn't make sense any other way but it's like like, it it provides it's it's a sometimes it really does feel like this is the other my interaction with it has been like a lot of people who are kind of on that you know, maybe they're like the spouse of somebody who makes a lot of money or, and they just kind of, you know, want a job kind of thing. Or like, I've been thinking a lot There's about something to do. Something to do. Or like, I've been thinking basis. a lot about the show Gallery Girls lately. Oh, I never Which is that. like every, which was so bizarre. I like when it first came on and you were like, oh, cool. Like, let's fucking, let's go. And, and I had no, um, I, I had never really hung out with gallerinas at all. So I, I wasn't as, but I was like, frankly, I was very surprised at like how un, interested in art all of these people who were working for these galleries were and how many of them 
said some variation of like, well, you know, I just wanted to have something more creative present in my life. Um, and, and this was not like, uh, they, I mean, certainly they were in a, an echelon of wealth where like they no longer create things and like their identities revolve around like consumption. And so like the consumption of this kind of, this kind of media and stuff, but um yeah, and it's the same thing for people who get involved in like you know housing the homeless, like are like yes, yeah, providing for like my I'm community doing good work. Like I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm doing this because I, you know, I'm gonna give back, and then you know all the red, you know, I I'm wish fine. we could do it's more, fine. but That's it's just good. yeah, you know, like it's really all the red hard. tape. Yeah, it's just yeah, that, hard. That the the sense of purpose, right? That yeah. is is as everyone continues to be like more alienated by the lack of purpose from like email busy jobs, right? Like the idea and outlet of, well, at least I'm doing it for a good cause. Right. There's also like the really like, I don't know, like people that do come from marginalized backgrounds, like viewing it as an opportunity to like funnel yes. good yeah. into the community that they do care about. And they are doing it for the right reasons. But the fact that the incentive structure is if I make a nonprofit, I can apply to grants that I can direct to people that I care about communities yeah. that mean something to me, but then also derive a sal I in an ideal world, derive a salary myself from that work. Well, part like, of the deriving the salary is also providing to to their community because a lot of the times, if you're from a marginalized background, like you're like, I'm gonna make a shitload of money. Family. I'm gonna yeah. buy my mom of a house. Yeah, I'm fucking do the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, and right, and 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 right, like it's the. I mean, you know, fundamentally to exist in the this world does feel like. You know, like we're all passing the 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 gif of people passing the water bottles back and forth, and you're just like hoping that someone throws like a gallon jug of water into the middle, and like if all of a sudden it's like, oh look it, we now have more water within our group of friends to no, but, you know like and our causes to do good work. But I think it's that there is like there are I think we're talking like both of this type these types of people exist in the same organizations and it's just yes. like reversed on like who should be getting the, like the $90,000 a year salary as opposed to the $35,000 exactly. salary. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, you're totally right. Cause there is the fighting like, and I've been in calls where it was like, like a bunch of different like NGOs and, mm -hmm. and I've talked with like my, my my good friend in Baltimore, they know who they are if they're listening right now, um, who is much closer to DC and like sees a, a lot of these like uh, queer nonprofit fights. Like they fight <laughs> amongst themselves for the grants. Of course. And mm -hmm. it's fucked. It's fucked. It's like it's created like this new layer of like false scarcity of mm -hmm. like a like maintain for one thing like maintaining once you get that good job and then you upgrade your life um appropriate like you know to like a, a, a livable place and then you have to maintain that and um the like pressure to keep doing that and so yeah like you have you have to be a real 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 freak <laughs> to like to be like 
you know, fuck it. I'm going to be like loud and annoying. And then like, I don't give a shit if I'm fired and I, you know, yeah. and, and the, often the people who are in that position, like myself, um, I come from like more privileged, more like you have a security blanket, uh, hammock, whatever the fuck it's called nets, uh, yeah. th- that you can like kind of fall back on if you're too much of an idiot. Um, or not even you know. yeah even if your parents are pissed at you for it they they do have a guest bedroom kind of thing they can't like they can't <laughs> kick me out of the basement they can't like, um. just be they know what i'm capable of they know what so it's like it's this weird thing where then you have like this because uh, like we talked we talked about this like uh with, with my friends like in local politics stuff all the time is like you get a lot of folks in local politics who are like the children of immigrants mm-hmm. from like marginalized backgrounds, but they're upwardly mobile. They have like big tech jobs with that make a good amount of money or like, like work in politics and are like getting pol- politics money. And it, and it changes their relationship to class politics and class, therefore class warfare and they they kind of lose the forest through the trees a little bit where they're like, yeah, like like kind of what you're saying, Nick, of like, yeah, my group of friends. It literally is. I'm going to give this money to my group of friends because then that's not actually accountable to the public. That's not actually accountable to like, you know, it, it's like it's picks and chooses like who's getting the services, who's getting the shit. Yeah. And, 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 and right. And like this isn't, you know, 100 percent for me to like comment on you know as like a white middle class you're really good like, at saying these no, but like but like <laughs> no but like but like to be aware of no, the totally ways right. in you're which the, the ways in which the incentive structure is such right that like when applying to grants and to get funding and to literally like you know i've also reviewed grants before right and to like I mean, I've done it mostly like through the public, like, Mm. you know, like I got to review NEA grants, but like, right, like fundamentally, like, how was I feeling that day? Did I have an upset stomach when I read your application as opposed to someone else's? Like, I'm making arbitrary decisions to score people that will depend on where money gets tossed. And like, so, like, when you're talking about you know, the individual will of people. And then when you start to talk about things like family foundations, where it isn't like a group of citizens of the United States, but it's like, no, this is like a family and they're determining how money is distributed. And then the way in which interpersonal politics Mm -hmm. in terms of how money gets distributed, then has material impact on communities and who is or is not receiving funding based on like friendships or, you know, like you sent me a Christmas card and that was really meaningful. And I remembered that. And like, that's why I wrote you a check this year. Like when, when, like, when like stripping, like when stripping that kind of like true material, like, you know, like if you want, like in this case, like charity, right. Like talking about like more marginalized populations, right. Like, Mm -hmm like to have that be at the whim of like whoever's like reviewing stuff 
like is messy and and then and then when you start to have then competing forces as you're talking about okay about like yeah you know like the girls are fighting again like (laughs) right like who's sponsoring pride this year who gets the pride grant who gets the pride grant i don't know like that that gets even that gets even you know like more difficult when then you have competing organizations that are serving similar enough needs and this idea of like does something fall within your mission which is how you're able to argue for nonprofit status of being for the public good and the dreaded concept of mission creep like are you doing things outside of your mission to chase dollars and it's like well, there's an incentive to chase dollars because like we have people to pay and we like want to continue to exist. So we will like go to where dollars are. And at the whim of funders who might have a new cause or want to, in some cases, concentrate their giving and the poorest most disparate communities to try to make a true impact but then it's like well our programming we're going to like contort it to happen within a certain zip code because Mm -hmm. that certain zip code even if we aren't the best organization to be we don't have the relationships the connections the you know the right people like mixture of people to go into that community and do the work but like our programming would be good there, right? You want to fund us, right? Like that's where it gets like, yep, nightmarish. No. <laughs> totally, yeah. Like, when, when they scale really big, I mean, think about like Planned Parenthood as like a an example of like an org that like you know provides direct services, but then also has an advocacy wing, right? So the amount of fucking money that people whenever there's an a, a anti-abortion thing that like planned parenthood gets that like don't go to just fucking getting people the fucking abortions well and is, and, like, and, infuriating. And, and and right and this comes circles back to what you mentioned earlier about like nonprofits doing advocacy work or doing services the truth is the conflation of providing of a health service and abortion and the advocacy work that abortion should be, you know, like legal, safe, and, you know, and as some politicians would argue rare, right. But like, right. Like that abortions should exist. Reproductive services. Yeah. Reproductive services. Exactly. But the, the, the conflation of those two things allows bad acting to then argue that, things aren't like okay or they're uncouth and it's like well that's because like it isn't like there's you know like you know like uh lobby for reproductive rights inc versus we give reproductive health services whenever you need them like and that mixture even if there is a 501c4 wing that is lobbying and a 501c3 Mm -hmm. wing that is providing services through federal grant money like the conflation of those two like does allow for bad acting it's true and people don't understand that when they're giving money to these orgs like that that's often what they're giving it to they're not they're not giving it for them to then turn into more direct services or like 
pay the fucking people providing the direct services better. Pay them the fucking executive salaries that the development wings get. You know, like right. the, it, it's insane. Like, 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 and you have shit like Callan Lord too, another fucking nonprofit healthcare provider that I go to. Um, that like has this other dimension to it. Well, yeah, Callan Lord and I I know other, other places do this too. They have like a community account. Like I forget what it's called. Like a, like basically like, uh, they made a mechanism for, uh, like patients to then be part of like this, like other board that doesn't have any power. And, um, and and that's like and that is like such I feel like a common thing and something that I've seen a lot is there's the board which is the legal entity that makes decisions and then you create a community board right. which yeah. then the only thing the community board really does is like or their only directive is to report at the annual meeting to the actual board but it <laughs> it gives voice to the people being served it gives voice to community but like without actually like controlling the purse strings of how money is going to be budgeted how the executive is being held like truly accountable to meeting and by the way all this shit is appointed not elected there's no uh democratic process to any of like the people who receive the services i don't get to choose who's on the community board representing me as a community member like you know i I, and i've applied and i've heard nothing back and it's like you know it's it's, well i'd love to serve on the board (laughs) like yeah i mean it it's it's like basically a here have this to scream into yeah they're probably like i mean like the charitable interpretation i think for you would be like this person's not gonna scream into the pillow (laughs) like (laughs) but um, and then it's like all on zoom too which is like just so like Mm. like, it 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 doesn't have the same um mechanisms that like a town hall can provide like you need to be able to like have an aside yeah <laughs> get a load of this kind of yeah it you know a lot of stuff sure. needs to be in person and like yeah. of course yeah. like isn't uh but but yeah i mean that's like my latest thing is like yeah well, let me let me give the community board <laughs> a try where it's yeah like- well and i i guess like the you know uh the the like last concept that i want to float to listeners is one other phrase that's become really popular recently is the idea of community centric fundraising there's community centric fundraising.org and i'll just read their sentence which is community centric fundraising is a fundraising model that is grounded in equity and social justice we prioritize the entire community over individual organizations foster a sense of belonging and interdependence, present our work not as individual transactions, but holistically and encourage mutual support between nonprofits, which like, right, like is, again, it's like, it's a step that is like, you know, it's a half step in the right direction of like, we are going to try to like address the community's needs, like as best as we can, knowing that we are a weird, I don't know, like mixture of, 
different entities that all have different boards running us, different funding, different staff compositions. And we're going to like try to like meet community needs and like work together that like this grant might be better for someone else. Like, or, you know, like we're going to prioritize like wherever the money can best be used for like the greatest impact. But again, it all is like so nebulous in terms of like language of like, what does it actually mean in a way that like, you know, like language can be super empowering. I I guess I'm thinking specifically in the case around identity, right. But like, um, Language can be really empowering when you find other, like when language is used to like find community and things like that. But language can also be obscuring in the ways in which like it doesn't address like what's actually happening. The the idea of word salad, the idea of, right, like we're putting out public statements that don't do anything. Yeah, you can have this this group of people who says that they're going to like have this mechanism. It's similar to the community board account lord like that, like, oh, we have this mechanism where we're going to like extra process the grants. We're going to have another layer. It's like affirmative action stuff too. Like we're going to have this extra layer of mediation um, between like how the money is allocated still there's no accountability of people in those positions there's no democratic process there's no like membership structure like all of these things are against formalizing a political process that that would build in debates build in like like a lot of these orgs like um have leadership like who who founded the orgs like people who are like i founded this org and then you're they're they're in these positions of of leadership forever and nobody wants to challenge them because they founded the org we can't like you know they have to make keep making all the decisions or have control of all of the communications of the org because they they did it and they know better than us and, and this is the joy, right? That again, like the nonprofit sector, right? The third sector, as it were, right? As sometimes likes to be identified, like um, has come up with terms to talk about these things, right? Like founder syndrome, right? Like oh, yeah. there's all of this language that's trying to contextualize and like summarize and communicate what fundamental, like what is observable as like potential conflicts but like in doing so the language like strips some of the like inherent conflict from it because like it makes it sound like it's just a it's a syndrome right it isn't like a well let's talk about like what happens when a founder of an organization uses a position of power to like be abusive to be harass you know someone who harasses right that's been so right that's been such a major thing within the world of regional theater right like artistic directors using power and privilege and their position of controlling who gets jobs or not to like do horrible abusive things and because of board struck like right like people i mean it became really big in the chicago theater scene right like not in our house right there's a groundswell of support and then there's the obfuscation of 
how is this person held accountable? Because fundamentally, the people who hold that person accountable is the not is the board of directors who decide mm-hmm. this person's contract or not. So you need to convince a group of powerful people who have these positions because they have money, power, position, privilege to listen to the accounts of people who have been harmed. Here's my and- idea for how to do that. You make um, a separately organized group outside of the organization. So it's not like the, the org sanctioned community board. It's, it's a self organized group of like similar to what, like kind of like with healthcare stuff, like death panel was like interested in trying to like make these um, patient network, like, like pay, like socialist patient networks kind of, um, I think that type of organization needs to happen amongst like constituents and people who are beneficiaries of like the, the direct services. Mm. I think the, those structures need to start forming and, and then making demands. And, and right. And I would say, and, and I guess I just want to like clarify that this isn't a critique of the not in our house, Chicago theater movement, because right. What happened was a whole bunch of people involved in the Chicago theater scene, mostly storefront theater, which Mm. right. Like the power dynamics of that are even more different because like, you're not part of actor, like they're not equity shows. So you're not part of actors equity Mm. and Mm. the complications of not having a union to back you up. Right. Like they set out a 33 like page set of community standards in December, 2017 that, defines definitions process how all this stuff gets implemented from the Mm -hmm. beginning of auditions all the way to like how are we processing sexual harassment how is choreography being like handled whether that involves nudity stage violence movement all of these things to set standards and then try to hold people accountable in a way that raising a sting and then right like as a community saying like, we're not working with this person anymore and doing like true, like call outs of people because like to slowly float it up through the chain of command to the nonprofit board, the board is, is, you know, is going it, you know, in a lot of cases play defense because of personal friendships, things like that. Mm-hmm. And, or investment and, you know, and love of a certain person's artistic practice as a director and their their contributions and their their contributions and all of these things. And to, you know, like drag their feet to delay, to involve lawyers, to do all these things as opposed to like, Hey, we as a community, like aren't going to work with you. Cause like, you know, we're non-equity anyways, and we're getting paid like $50 a week. Like we don't need to be here anyways. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Fuck. Like we run the theater, so we can just shut down the theater. If, if you're trying to yeah. Um, perform here. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's like a, that's, you know, that is, that is like organization. That is action that like, and that is building power outside of the power that the board has and and utilizing it it's just like yeah finding the um 
yeah, like doing the work to agitate, like a lot of like ag- agitation work that is happening right now is like understandably in, you know, Starbucks, Amazon, um, these like more like traditional kind of um, forms of labor. But like there's a lot of organization that needs to be happening amongst like, uh, you know, care care work and then like the you know the un the, the a vast amount of unpaid labor that like uh part participants and constituents of nonprofits do um yeah. or like even if they're receiving something like the org is still extracting something from them and they yeah. and and so they can organize and uh you know uh, utilize like a similar power as a strike, you know, by, by making demands about that extraction process. And, and, and and I guess the, you know, the final point that I guess around this topic is right. Like, especially in the art world, obviously there are full-time employees of a lot of, you know, like full-time employees and things like that in arts organizations, but so much work is done on a contractor basis, on a Mm -hmm. consultant basis, on a volunteer basis that's solely relying on staff as like the ability to like apply pressure, like isn't necessarily like possible because like, the staff is just again like trying to do the best they can to like s- deliver services to meet constituent needs and you know like and is put in a really hard position because again if you're too political like that's your livelihood that's your job that's your ability to pay rent and you're just yeah. trying to like do the best you can as opposed to there's the whole structure that exists outside of the handful of employees that work somewhere that are dependent on services that take advantage of services that take advantage of opportunities that have power that, that they can exert more than, because guess what, you know, there's always a new round of fresh college graduates that want to feel like they're doing good and are willing to be undercompensated for their labor and will work at a nonprofit in most roles. Yep. Yep. I've kind of treated my nonprofit time as a type of salting <laughs> where there's like, uh, you know, there, there's some desire for, for unionization amongst like proper employees, but then there's also all of these like desires from constituents that, also need to need a need a mechanism and yeah you're you're I, yeah i mean we're we're this is a great conversation to try to theorize like what that looks like like what that type of like coalition looks like i think it's like kind of two separate unions one of like the professionalized workers and then one of the like um like either constituents or like uh freelancers um working together to i like you know, it, it, it's it's this weird thing of like, well, you know, some some of these jobs like should should be just compensated a lot more, um, and and should just be like treated like that, and then like what what the constituents want, and like I don't know, it it, it could be really tricky, but it's like that. It, the, why I think I'm having trouble articulating it is that it's like a conversation that needs to happen collectively amongst these different types of of groups and their different needs 
Um, so and what you're essentially describing then is like a, a structure that does not need upper management, mm-hmm. which is where a lot of, where a lot of people, they, it's again, that kind of two tier system where like you have upper management, like their career path is not in a specific cause at all, but rather just hopping from nonprofit to nonprofit. Yes. Um, because they have experience in managing a nonprofit. And then, but if you're talking about like, okay, here's an organization that is performed by, controlled by the people who are performing the labor and the people who are receiving the services, it's like, again, that could just be like how we organize everything. And that could just be a public service. Like, the, you know what I mean? Like, it could all be so simple. Like, I don't know what that's like. I know. Well, ultimately, if we had these conversations collectively and we could like theorize alike, there's this international socialist movement yeah, well, that we and, could and, like, and, yeah, like, you know, build out and be in solidarity and, with. And, <laughs> and, and, and right. And and nonprofit workers, right? Like being comfortable being even in, you know, this platform in which I am being, you know, at least semi-guarded, like, right, like being at least like aware to toss out these ideas, understanding, right, that like, we all know that things aren't working as they Mm -hmm. could or should. Mm -hmm. But I'm doing what's best for me, because we're all just trying to get by. And that there is like, you know, like, we all need to we all need to take one step. You know, and a step that is, you know, at least somewhat risky, but right, like if we all take a step and put ourselves out there a little bit and are willing to have conversations, ideally not online, ideally not on um, platforms like Zencaster, which are offering transcription services, (laughs) ideally not via Google Docs or Facebook or any of these platforms, but in-person real conversations in which people are talking about how to have their needs met and like how the best microwave. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, (laughs) and, and trying to make sure that, right. Like, yeah, we are doing best by our constituents. Cause right. Like at the end of the day, as much as a nonprofit job, isn't like, you know, like no, even the best of people don't want to say it's about like feeling good at the end of the day. Like it is also about feeling good, right? Like I am compensated less than my former classmates because I'm doing a job in which I get to feel better than selling pop tarts or something like that. Like, no, and, I'm and- in the same I situation. love my job selling pop tarts. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of fulfillment. We've <laughs> got a job that's somehow both the best of both worlds. No, it's true. I, I mean, my other, I'm basically quitting my nonprofit job to just sell Pop-Tarts all day. Yeah. <laughs> but there, there and are seasonal Pop-Tarts. I absolutely prefer selling Pop-Tarts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's, yeah, you start to like do the math and it's like, like, because I don't feel good. I feel bad. Like when I work well, at the nonprofit. No, of course. And that's, and right. That's the thing too. It's how much, how much, uh, how much is there like telling yourself that you feel good to deal with the fact that you are overworked and undercompensated and that you are doing the good thing. And, and you realize political mission isn't actually aligned and you don't know what to do about yeah. like realigning the position. Like, like at least like at least in a lot of you know in in uh 
in the for-profit sector, there is often, not always, there's, I've worked in places where everybody was drinking the Kool-Aid and it was horrible, but uh, it's more normal to be like, yeah, my job's evil and it sucks, but I need to, I need to make rent or whatever. But when you work at a nonprofit, then it's like, I think my job might be evil and it sucks, but um, my whole like social circle made up of other people yeah. who of, think of, of specifically like white women. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, white women still read YA. Um, what a, <laughs> buy like, a vegetable spray wash peloton but peloton. but but right but 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 that but that the job itself like helps helps like wash over any bad feelings yeah. and or or at the very yeah. least like gives gives inserts doubt into the job might be evil because yeah, well, it's really obvious yeah. to know, like, yeah, the job's evil, but I'm getting paid and I can donate to a nonprofit to feel good, but I'm also taking care of my own. But if you work at a nonprofit, no. it's messy. <laughs> well, to assuage my guilt, I do this podcast where I'm like very critical from on high on my micro- microphone mountain. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, it feels great. And 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 you've been really generous uh, by allowing me to say that I want to talk. So for that, I really appreciate it. And I think that there's, if anything, I, you know, I hope that, um, you know, having listened to the podcast, having engaged with community, like that this is a continued conversation because there, mm-hmm. there is a lot of pressure points, I think like within this whole structure, especially in the art world where everything's nonprofit, but it's not necessarily like as simple as like one person bad. Let's remove the Sackler name from a gallery. Cause guess what? Every person that's has a gallery named after them, like has more money than God. And like, you know, yeah, it's, not that no. easy and 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 you're giving you're giving organizations an easy out by removing the one one bad man rather than like question the system and structure in which we're all finding ourselves like interacting with and engaging with on a regular basis yeah board found it yeah well well said um thank you for joining us nick and um if people want in, in in our little art community to talk to Nick, they uh, Nick's uh, handle on our Discord is uh, a sad queer. So. Yeah, fi- find me there. We can definitely chat. But you know, maybe <laughs> I'll be back and I'll be a couple more months in, and you know, I'll just be like, everything's horrible. Let me. I don't care. <laughs> I'll name names, whatever. But I I appreciate the um you allowing me on. No, oh, I think any, like any it's it's uh, an episode that needed to happen for a while, and I'm glad. I mean, this is why I asked myself on. I've heard you, you two yeah. talk and circle the drain. Literally every episode, you're like, <laughs> we need to have an episode about nonprofits, and I was just like, just let me on. We can have an episode <laughs> about nonprofits. Someone needs to well, do and the I think work. That, like, uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. <gasps> and Not Nick the- did the work. <laughs> <Nick was. laughs> um, 
it's it's amazing and thank you so much and uh, we'll, we'll end it there and let's have fun everybody bye guys let's have fun lots of fun let's have fun let's have fun let's have fun lots of fun let's have fun, let's have fun. Let's have fun.